It's a Panthers pre-game podcast and uh, just the three of us tonight. I'm John O'Bullard and joining me is former Panthers netminder Dan Green and uh, DJ Kem Feast. How are you, gents? Even John, all good here? Yeah, good good here as well. Yeah, Ken, Ken's got some refreshment with him, which, he, which is good to see. So... Uh... <laughs> we will we will crack on and we'll start with last weekend a brilliant four point weekend for the Panthers I think it's exactly what the team needed and puts us in a really good position in the league table and of course four important league points Dan yeah absolutely I think you know I'm sure we'll delve into the sort of the games in a bit more detail but you know I think doesn't really matter how you win them. You know, every team comes and puts up a good fight against us. So, you know, however we got it done, sort of different ways both nights, but come away with four points. And obviously a long road trip on Sunday didn't, you know, probably help either. So, yeah, just take the four points definitely and move on. Yeah, I mean, Ken, to, to get maximum points from the weekend, especially considering it was a long road trip up to Scotland on Sunday after a quite intense game on, on Saturday evening. It, it just shows that there's a lot of character in this team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Friday, sorry, Saturday night in many ways was, I would imagine from a playing perspective, quite frustrating because that first period was, you know, some great hockey. And I think, they could have the Panthers could have easily been three or four goals ahead of where they were at, uh, when that period ended, and I think then to kind of you know, Dundee readjusted. Me, we maybe didn't have the same momentum in the second period, and and obviously to I think with that that must be quite frustrating, especially there was a lot of energy in the building, and I think then the manner in which we held on and the the manner in which we won in overtime with that Bjorklund goal, brilliant, you know amount of character but then to follow that up with a long road trip like you say go up to Glasgow and to be in a game that was just like it seemed, seemed for stretches like the netminders couldn't see a beach ball but it was and then all of a sudden you know it's going it's, it's going backwards and forwards I think it would have it would have been easy for a team with less character to maybe just switch off and just think you know what, we're on the road we're in Glasgow Glasgow hunting for that big win at home um, to get their season going. And it was, I think, the character and the manner in which they were. And then, uh, uh, you know, overtime periods, Rock was massive in the goal and in that um, shootout, just literally, you know, what is he, six foot six or whatever, but every every sort of foot, an inch of him showed and he, and he stood great to, for us to hold on for that. Big victory. So um, I think, yeah, I think for me, it's the manner in which the, the team won. And like you say, that character. Yeah. I mean, Dan, it was a pretty ridiculous third period in Glasgow. Just goal after goal after goal. We'd score one, they score one. Uh, we'd score another, they'd come back. But I think the, the important thing was that it was Panthers who stayed ahead and kept going ahead and then Glasgow pulling it back. Apart from the first goal, where we were 1-0 down, we were never actually behind again in the match after that. Yeah, I think that's big, especially on the road in the third period. You know, if, if Glasgow could have managed to, you know, get their noses in front, you know, we might have found it difficult to get back. But yeah, exactly that. We just kind of, every time they equalise, we regroup. 
you know, got took took the lead again. They equalised. We take the lead again. So, like you said, it was it was good that we were kind of out in front the whole time. Um, and also, like Ken said, you know, Rock made some big saves in in regulation, overtime, you know, and in the shootout. You know, no goalie wants to let in, you know, five six goals in a game, but you know, he made some big big saves, and you know, despite that, he was still a key reason we won that game. Yeah, I mean it. It was five goals in five minutes and thirty-one seconds in the in the third period, which is uh, quite some going. And then later on in the period, after Panthers had gone ahead, uh, it was the clan who pulled it back to six-six less than a minute later. It was just one of those games. I really felt for Chris on the Twitter updates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was kind of non-stop. Yeah, every time I checked, there was another goal or another two goals and. Yeah, it was it was crazy. You don't often get that, you know. Sometimes you, you maybe get like a, a one sided blowout, but for both teams to, to to manage to score six goals and then uh, into overtime and the shootout was, I mean, I'm, I'm sure for the fans, you know, our fans and and you know the majority of their fans, it was a really entertaining game. So good for British hockey and good that it um, wrapped up a four point weekend. And Ken, let's let's talk about Matthew Lemay. He got a hat trick on Sunday. He scored on Saturday night against Dundee, four goals in a weekend. You can't ask any more than that from him, can you? No, no, absolutely uh, phenomenal, really. And, and I think for his confidence, it's going to be huge as well. Um, I think the biggest positive for me, other than the fact that we held on and, and, and we won the game in the shootout on that Sunday, was the fact that we scored a lot of goals. And that would be nice to see, to see that and get that scoring touch going. And I, th- I think we're sort of, feels like we're due a bit of a bit of a goal fest at home as well. You know, I think that's the thing. It sort of feels like, you know, that, that's kind of due really in terms of seeing us score a lot at home. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but it, it it would be. I, to be honest, I will be perfectly honest. As long as we score more than the opposition, I don't care how many it is. But yes, I think you're right. It would be nice to see a few goals slotting at home because I think that was the thing on on Sunday night. It was just it was great to see a really good team performance offensively with a lot of goal scorers. Um, others, Hugo Wah getting a couple of assists, Josh Tatlow getting a couple of, a couple of assists as well. You know, they, they was scoring throughout the entire team. And then you've also got to look at the penalty shot winning goal by Alexander Lunqua. Uh, he's two for two on the shootout. And, and, as the league season goes on, we'll obviously get involved in a few shootouts, you would imagine. And to have someone who is that cool and that uh, efficient in front of goal on the penalty shootout is a massive asset for the team. Yeah, I think he he obviously fr- uh, you know thrives in that situation, and you know he's a bit like Otto. He, he's a real goal scorer and around the net. And you you sometimes have those guys that. You know, they're not always necessarily the highest goal scorers, but they just have that knack in a one-on-one in the shootout. They've got the poise, they've got the finishing ability. And uh, yeah, he, he obviously relishes getting that chance. So I'm sure the next time it happens, he'll be going up again, no doubt. Before we look ahead to the games coming up this weekend, I just want to to pick out the overtime winner on Saturday from Victor Bjorkun. Uh Firstly, what a fantastic finish. Um 
but also the way that he took the puck coast to coast, had the shot, and then Tyler Welsh took over and played an absolutely perfect pass across the ice to him. And that one-time shot was just something else again. Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to remember as well, Kazi had had a phenomenal game up to that point. Mm. He was really good value for his man of the match. And to, to, to beat him in that situation, to beat him in, in overtime, it was going to take, it was going to take a pass like that and a sh- and a shot as clinical as 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 that as well. And I think um, I think the only person that's that, that well, Dan Green, you saw it coming, didn't you? You were like on the commentary. He, he, he picked it out. <laughs> yeah, predicted it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't say predicted it, but um, like you said, you could just kind of see when Victor lost the puck and then and then Welsh picked it up. No one really covered Victor and he just kind of cruised from where he was and all of a sudden he was just wide open back door, but it was just getting that pass across to him, you know, with the bodies and obviously the sort of chewed up ice at that point. It was more of a sort of a, a hope, like, oh, if he can just spot him and, and get this puck through. But no, Victor kind of, you know, I, I think that's something we expected from him. You know, he's, he's going to be getting a few goals, hopefully, and he likes to join in on the offence and, and, you know, there he was popping up at the right time. You know what you know what they say. What what happens when you leave the back door open? Yeah, exactly. You get yeah. burgled. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I wow. <laughs> I think though that the way the way he connected with that puck is it came across because the at that point in in the game the ice isn't in the greatest condition, so you've got to pay a lot of credit to Tyler Welsh for the pass that he made, but then also for Bjorkung to just connect with it so beautifully yeah it was it was phenomenal um and i think if i think he alluded to it in his interview that he needed it from a confidence point yeah. of view he said um, that to me before the interview when we were sort of walking out he, he just he just went yeah yeah i he said the team needed it but he, he needed it as well I think he's been yeah. very close, but to, to get to get off the mark like that is very special for him. Yeah, because the thing is, if you're, I think from a confidence perspective, if you pull the trigger like that, you you want you don't, the last thing you want to be thinking is is this going to go over the bar? Is it going to hit the post? Is it going to you know? Is it going to whatever you want to? You don't want to be thinking that. You just want to be hitting your shot, and but imagine it's the same from a keeper's perspective if you you know you make those big saves that gives you the confidence then that you're almost out of your own head you're not thinking about it anymore I guess that mm. yeah absolutely yeah I mean I think it's all confidence you know it's you know I'm not saying he's going to now go on a goal scoring run necessarily but yeah you know it's not necessarily point scoring confidence, but just getting that goal kind of gets that monkey off his back he can just relax now and yeah it's the same for goalies you know for someone like Rock, you know, obviously he's been winning games anyway, but, you know, even though he let in six goals in that game, yeah. if that was his first win of the season, he wouldn't have cared one bit. It's just getting that win, getting it over the line. And I think we're all old, you know, it's everyone in that team is old enough now. Like, Rock probably doesn't matter how many goals he lets in in a game. A bit, bit like Jono said, as long as we score one more than them, he'll take that every night of the week. So, um yeah, yeah, same for every position, really. Get the win, the goal, 
whatever it is, you know, for your position. But yeah, I think um, I think Victor will definitely, you know, settle down after that and hopefully play with a lot more confidence. I think one one of my sort of goals of the night from that Glasgow game, we we discussed it on the um on the chat as well, was was the one that was somehow awarded to McGurty, but it was yeah. like an Yemenan goal. It, it was yeah. And, it was... and the thing is he cycled around twice looking yeah. for the space to shoot. And as soon as it, and this is the thing with Otto Niemann, as soon as he's got that opportunity, whether it be right at the top of the crease or if he's firing a wrist shot, he finds the net. He is an absolute yeah. demon as a, as a goal scorer. Yeah, it was just incredible. I mean, did, was that all corrected? I've not had a chance to look. Yes, it, ha- it has been corrected now. So it is, it's gone yeah. back to Niemann's goal. Um, which I, I was I was surprised that it was it was given to, to McGurty, not to take anything away from Miles McGurty, he scored a very good goal in just, the He himself. was nowhere near in a position to he, make he, it, he, was he? But he but he was standing on the blue line, just <laughs> the blue line to the left of Nieminen as he as he took the shot. So I, I don't I didn't understand how it got changed, but thankfully it's been changed back and uh, and everything is correct and and five five goals and three assists for Otto Nieminen this season. Uh, yeah. Uh, Equal top point scorer with Western Michaud, who has eight assists. But we've also got uh, a few players on five goals. Uh, we've got LeMay on six goals. So that bodes well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think, yeah, yeah I, I like that. It's, it's nice to have that depth. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's cert- it certainly doesn't feel like. We're short of, of goals at the moment. Touch wood, touching a lot of wood at the moment. But you know that we've got we we've got clinical quality. I think in in and it's the it's the other elements now. And and, and Jonathan talks a lot about the process. He talks about what he's doing and and that that yeah, it, it feels like you you kind of got the confidence that if we're taking it a game at a time. He's thinking a lot about what's happening. He's taking it all in. The, the, where we are and the, where we've got to, it's like, don't get too high with the highs. There's still a lot to work on. And I think, you know, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm just enthused about kind of the, the, the character that we've shown and the way the team, it seems to be a really good, I mean, you're around them a lot more than I am, but it just seems the atmosphere. And yeah, it's really the, good. It, it, it feels like a good room and everybody's kind of working for each other. Yeah, um, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, it, it's exactly, that is exactly how it is. And I think that translates on the ice with the way that they, they work for each other. Like you say, there's there's a lot to work on. I think, think uh, after Sunday, they'll probably want to look at things defensively. And then after Saturday, you probably want to look at things offensively as well. You know, it, it's like that. But the the point is, we keep picking up the wins. And as long as we keep picking up the wins, I don't think there can be anybody with too many complaints. No, no. And just looking at a few of the stats in terms of, so goals against average so far, 2.8. Goals for 3.4. Um, you've got, I think, I think the key ones for me, penalty kills just under, well, it's just over 75%, just under 80% in terms of, of penalty kills. So that's, you know, mm. a, d- a decent stat. 
it's that power play stat for me that I think, you know what, you know, you if we could get that power play ticking at a level that was kind of, I don't know what's an acceptable level, but I think well, it's, you, it's you want to be looking about, I, I think twenty percent. I think is sort of the acceptable is level. That, one one in five is is generally where you will. Is be that about where? Yeah. So, so you know, once that can become a little bit more potent, I think there's a there's a chance that some of those closer games where we get that opportunity, if the team does decide you know, to, to, to rough it up a bit and, and you know, we end up with that opportunity. I think that'd be, that's an area where we can pick pick up some uh, some additional goals, really. So, I, I mean, I don't, I presume that's part of Jonathan's process, really. Yeah. He seems to be improving um, in terms of the positional play in the game on Saturday. And so I guess that's just a case of, you know, knowing what works, knowing which players work well together, and that's that doesn't happen overnight, I yeah. guess. Well, talking of improvement, um, big test coming up on Saturday in the Challenge Cup against the Sheffield Steelers. Um, we'll not dwell too much on the last time they was they was in town because you know I've tried to forget about that. But uh, uh, they come in in the Challenge Cup again on Saturday evening, seven pm face off. And that is going to be another big, big test, Dan. Yeah, a massive test. I don't think it gets much bigger than that. I think, obviously, like you said, they've kind of had our number, you know, last season and obviously that one game this year. Um, big rivalry. I, I think it goes beyond the Challenge Cup. I think it's just more we really need this win to just kind of get past that hoodoo against the Steelers. Yeah. You know, get that confidence against a big team. And, you know, if you win that game, all of a sudden you kind of know you can beat anybody, really. So, um, but yeah, they'll come in, you know, high-flying offence, you know, really, really dangerous team, high level, you know, skill level, high intensity. Um, And it'll it'll be a really difficult game, but I don't think there's a better chance for us to play them. You know, we've sort of had the midweek off, coming off the back of four points, two big wins. Um, hopefully everybody healthy and, and ready to go. And yeah, it should be a really, really good game. They're currently, yeah, as I say, they, they've just gone to overtime in Glasgow, um, yeah. to, finished 2-2 there. So, so but, they're playing. How, but how badly do Panthers need this win over Steelers, Ken? Because we're the two teams currently at the top of the t- table. It is early days. I think everyone accepts that, but... Steelers now clear in first place with that overtime point. They they may go further ahead depending on what happens. But it this is the chance for the Panthers to send a message to the Steelers that no, you you're not going to come in and beat us. You're in a battle. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, everything everything you just said. Yes, one hundred percent. And then the other side of it, it's like you know. A big win against the Steelers, you know, or even any sort of victory against the Steelers on Saturday night, and then instantly you go, it's the cup, and then it's like, oh, it's the cup. It's like, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think psychologically, yes. Um, I just, it's just. Oh, Steelers have won, by the way. Straight, have they won? Right. Yeah. Won, yeah. 
yeah, just frustrating that it's the um, that it's a cup game, and I, and these I don't know. I mean, that just brings me round to a topic which is complete tangent for what we're talking about, but the cup format just annoys me. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> I, d- I don't think you're on your own there, Ken. No, uh, I won't. I won't open up my rant on the Challenge Cup. <laughs> No, I, I, I think if we uh, no, we'll, we'll leave it because I think we definitely run out of time. <laughs> we need, we need, we need a whole podcast. We that. would, just we would, we would just to go through that, yeah. Um, but then again, it's another, it's another trip up to Scotland on Sunday for an important league game against the Dundee Stars and Stars, as we've already discussed, gave us a, a real game last Saturday. Uh, and that's not going to be an easy trip going up there again. Uh, long bus trip, but they know what they did last weekend against Glasgow. They'll know they'll be able to do it again. Yeah, I think, you know, it, like we always say, every every game, every road game is going to be tough this year. Um, big emotional game Saturday, long bus ride again. Exactly the same as, you know, carbon copy of last weekend, but... Yeah, once you get there, obviously Dundee have a good team. They put up a great fight against the Saturday, so they'll be full of confidence in that regard. You know, they know they can kind of push us the whole way. Um, I still feel like it's a game really we should go and win. Uh, you know, if we're going to keep in the position we're at now or in and around that area, you know, if it's a one league game weekend, we have to take, you know, because other, other teams will play two league games this weekend. And if we don't win that game and we go a whole weekend without getting any points in the league, you, you obviously start to slip. So I think it's vital that we go there and, and, and get something from that game. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously we would like to think we would beat Dundee, but they've just proven in our rink, you know, how good they can be, how good Kevin Carr can be. So it will be another test first time in that building. Um but hopefully, you know, if it's a win on Saturday, that momentum will just kind of keep going and we'll keep the streak going. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think that the important thing is he's going up there and getting two points again. It doesn't matter how you get them as long as you get them. And two two points in, in the bag is always worth it's, – it's, it's always better than games in hand, isn't it? You know, you yeah. just think you, if you bank in those points, they're there, no one can take them away from you. And – there's, there's going to be the, the pace that if you kind of if you drop those games, the, the the pace that the other top teams will be going at, they are they're like gold dust. Those two points up there, you've got to go. That's a game you have to go and win. Hey, um, before we go, I uh, just want to offer, I suppose, congratulations and commiserations to the Belfast Giants. They've won their Champions League game tonight, which means three wins out of three at, at home, which is the first elite league team to do so since the Panthers won three and three at home in the group stages of the Champions League. But commiserations because they, they just didn't quite make it enough to qualify for the next stage. And, uh, you know, it, it's... It, we was talking about it earlier today, wasn't we, with regards to the Continental Cup and the Champions Hockey League, that it's amazing that still Panthers are, the, are still the only team who have qualified for the playoff stages of the Champions League and still the only team to have won a Continental Cup from the Elite League. And you know, when, when you think about it, that they were two enormous achievements for the Panthers. 
Yeah, I think at the time we probably didn't even realise, especially when we won the Continental Cup, I don't really think we realised how big it was. Um, you know, like you said, no British team had done it up till then and still hadn't. And yeah, I think, especially the, that that Champions League, it was, um, you know, and that was kind of five, six years ago now. So, you know, I know Cardiff, Belfast have had a really good crack at it and they've had some really top teams. So It'll be interesting to see the next time a team does that in the Champions League because obviously some of those European teams are, are, are really, really good. Um, who is the Challenge Cup representative this year? Uh, Cardiff are in the Continental Cup this year. Okay, uh, so, Same as last year. Because I just saw that the, the, the previous round has just been done. So Cardiff must be... Are Cardiff hosting it? Uh, no, I think they're going to France. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I I would think Cardiff would. You know, they've got a good team. Pete obviously knows the European hockey. Um, you would think Cardiff, if they can get maybe a bit lucky with the with the group or the draw, or maybe if they can get if they get to the final, if they can host it, I think they'll have a really good chance yeah. uh, in the contest of cup. But no, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that you know, even though our two accomplishments were a few years ago now. No one's done it since. And yeah, it, it kind of probably does get a little bit overlooked. And um, I'll be interested to see, especially with the Champions League one, you know, when a team does eventually, you know, qualify for the knockout stage. Yeah. I mean, Ken, Panthers very nearly went and won it again in 2020 um, with the team with Sam Hare, of course. Uh, they finished second in the final. Every elite league team that has played in the Continental Cup since the Panthers have made the final stages, but just not quite got over the line. I think Belfast again came closest when they had, I think, a penalty shootout to win it and they they lost in the penalty shootout. I mean, that's heartbreaking to lose it in that way. But I think when you look at the way Panthers did it as well, three groups they had to go through and all away from home, and I suppose that makes the achievement even bigger. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, so having this got another chat going earlier, and uh, one of the lads was was saying on there that it, it's what it's done, and that achievement I think has done for the expectations within British hockey and the standard of the league as well is huge. Because you know, back when I guess. You know, we were sort of trailblazing in the CHL and, and, and everything. It was kind of like, you know, it was just, everyone was just happy to be there. And then with the Panthers' achievements, you know, this, say, like, you you know, it's actually your, your mate Andy uh, Haywood was, made the point that effectively they, now it's expected that, you know, t- the fans are expecting that we're going to do something or t- a British team's capable of doing something. And, that has raised the profile of the league and it's raised the profile of British hockey. So I think going back to, to Greener's point earlier, there's the, it's often kind of maybe overlooked or dismissed, but it, in the context of, of what we've discussed, it's a huge achievement and still stands out as a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah. And I think what, what it's done, it's made the, the sort of top European teams realise that if they play an elite league team, they're not going to to get an easy ride. They're not going to be pushovers yeah. that they were perhaps considered as before. I mean, you only love to look at the teams that Belfast have ge- beaten tonight. I mean, a Czech, Czech Republic team, uh, Dinamo Podbisi, they've beaten tonight. They beat Red Bull Salzburg. They beat Bolzano. 
you know, that there's some good teams when you look at Panthers, uh, Burn and Turku, who they beat at home, uh, and Mountfield home and away from the Czech League. That these teams know that they're not going to get an easy ride. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important as well for the standard of, of talent that we're able to attract to the league because seeing those sort of results and seeing that experience and, and seeing that, you know, you're not going to get an easy night against the British team is important when it comes to you know, players selecting which league they're going to go to as well. Yeah. I mean, Dan, you, you, you was involved, I think, in the first Champions Hockey League when I think we played Hamburg... Luco Rama yeah. is a, yeah. I mean, what, what yeah, was that like? What was um, that like to be in? It was awesome. It was obviously it was the first year of the Champions League, and I think obviously you know we played Lulia, you know, who'd won the Swedish league. They won the Champions League that year. I think they beat us by like eight or nine goals both yeah. games. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think there are those top top teams still. That are, you know, if, if you played a real top Swedish, maybe Swiss, you know, you probably would be on the end of one of those thrashings. But pretty much everyone else in every other league, I think you've got a chance against. Um, I mean, yeah, that year it was just so unknown for us. Like we'd never been in Europe, uh, you know, like in the Champions League. Obviously, the Champions League had never existed. I think now, probably uh, partly because of what we've done, but I think the Belfast and the Cardiff, like they have a lot more confidence now, and they kind of think they can cause some upsets. Whereas, you know, realistically, us going to Lulia and Luca Rauma, like we, we knew there was just no way we were beating those teams. You know, Hamburg was was a little bit closer. DEL team, obviously, we beat them at home. Um, but yeah, I, I just remember that first trip we played them. Like Luca Rauma is in like the Antarctic basically it's mm. like in the middle of like I think it was North North Finland and then like we drove from there to Lulia it, it was all a completely new experience no one really knew what to expect but I think now obviously these teams like Belfast have done it and they kind of when they recruit in the summer they probably have one eye on that a little bit and they kind of know what to expect but we were kind of the, almost the guinea pigs for the league. So obviously that first, you know, it, it was a great experience, but obviously it didn't go great on the ice for us. But I think ever since then, you know, even the Cardiffs and everybody, we sort of paved the way, but everybody else has, has done a really good job since. And obviously when we went back in it the next time, we were obviously a lot better prepared. Well, I think every British team that has competed in it since since we did that first one has managed to win a game. So Sheffield's won, Brayhead won when they were Brayhead yeah. and, and in it, and Cardiff have won Belfast uh, and ourselves. So, you know, it shows that that we can compete at that level. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, year on year, I, I think now the league is improving. And like uh, Ken said about sort of player recruitment, it's like, you know, there will be some players on that, you know, the team they played tonight and Bolzano and Salzburg, you know, they'll go to that rink, see the fans, the level of hockey and be like, oh, I wouldn't mind playing in this league, you know, this team or this league. And, and it does, I think, the more that we, uh, and obviously it helps with GB being in the top pool, but, you know, I think the further like that year that we went, you know, I'm sure recruitment was a lot easier the following year because the whole of Europe 
is kind of taking note of us. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really vital that we obviously we'll always have a team in it. Hopefully, but we we do win games, we do qualify, we kind of because you know year on year we're just going to attract better, higher quality players, and the league's going to evolve as a whole. So yeah, I think it's all good. Definitely. All right, gents. Well, I thank you for your time this evening, and uh, I think we'll leave it there and look forward to the weekend. But for now, from the Panthers pre-game podcast, it's a very good night to you.